that was like the peak moment where I thought I had made it, right? And that is like the top 1% of the 1%. Yeah. And I thought you checked that all the boxes. Was, like you overcame I thought that you was came, it, you right? You overcame all the odds. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I worked off, I worked for years, worked my butt off to get to that. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Kevin Reardon, founder of the Shorehouse Hotel, a beachside lifestyle retreat built from a mid-century motel in North Wildwood, New Jersey. Kevin grew up in a blue-collar family. His idea of success looked like working on Wall Street, becoming a doctor, or becoming a lawyer. So after graduating from undergrad, he decided to pursue law and wound up getting his JD from the University of Pennsylvania. After a couple of years working at a very prestigious firm, Kevin decided that what he really wanted to do was get into hospitality. Becoming a hotelier was what he'd dream about on nights and weekends in between very late nights at his firm's office. And then an opportunity to buy a fairly rundown motel on the Jersey Shore presented itself. And there was something about this particular motel that seemed to speak to Kevin. So he raised a little bit of money from friends and family and decided to take the plunge. Tune in to hear the story of how Kevin built the Shorehouse Hotel, why he thinks STR owners and operators can make great hoteliers, and what his hot takes on the future of travel and hospitality look like. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Kevin. All right, Kevin, we we are live, my friend. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm good, Zach. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I uh, I'm just excited to chat with you for for so many reasons. But I think I think the first reason I'm excited to chat with you is we met on Twitter, or I guess it's it's called yep. like X now. Um, uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, apparently it's X now, but uh, it's or it's now. with with some birds still uh, flying around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I stumbled upon I, I we connected. I looked at your your profile, and then then I made my way over to your website and stumbled upon the incredible uh, Shorehouse uh, Hotel that you've that you've built, and immediately by your branding and and the positioning i was like i have to talk to this guy i have to understand a little bit more about his story because a lot of the folks that have that listen to this podcast have been asking me to get somebody who has built a hotel and or has renovated a hotel on onto the show because a lot of these folks are interested in figuring out whether or not a boutique hotel is is the next step in their hospitality journey so first and foremost dude so great to be here uh, with you and thanks for spending some time with me. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Zach. And it's, uh, it's uh, the internet can be a really cool place. Uh, I've met uh, so many, so many interesting people, uh, whether it be from Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, or otherwise. And, um, uh, you know, just interesting people like yourself that are that are doing cool things, doing hotels, doing uh, different uh, services within the Airbnb and hotel space. 
Um, you know, it's just, it, there's a really interesting ecosystem that's, uh, that I'm uh, happy to be a part of and happy to come on here and, uh, and really dive in and hopefully provide listeners of this podcast, some value into how they can get, either get started in the space, scale within the space. Um, you know, my story has been, um, you know, just a, just a really interesting story. And, and I've gone through seasons of my life where I've built to where we are now, where we own a couple of, uh, a couple of hotels and we're really growing as a company. Uh, we have over 20 employees and we just, we have a brand uh, and a model that we're really proud of. But wow. uh, the thing is, is that there's, you know, there was a journey to get here and it, and it, there was stumbles and there was things and I stubbed my toes along the way. And I went through ups and downs over the course of my career and even pivoted from uh, what people would think was, you know, the ultimate career at one point in my life. Right. And so um, I got to that point because I, I, I had that feeling like, I think probably a lot of your listeners do that. There is, um, there was something within me that I wanted more, right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel more fulfilled. And that's like, that's like the cornerstone of being in the hospitality industry, getting into Airbnb, <laughs> then getting into hotels right? It's that feeling of fulfillment that you get from serving others. And it's a takes a special person. But if you're that kind of person like me, um, that that creates a life that you know, you feel energized to get up in the morning every yeah. day and deal with the grind of the day to day and what you have to do. And you're excited for what you're doing. And I think that's really important. You yeah. know that my story started um, 18 years ago, um, when, uh, I decided to, uh, get into the Airbnb business before Airbnb was a thing, huh. uh, with my father. Um, so this wow. is 2005. So this is the previous cycle, right? And we, uh, we bought buildings and, uh, bought single family homes, okay. right? And we still had a portfolio of seven of them. We ran those for 15 years, all the way until 2019. And that was a side hustle for me for 15 years, wow. uh, and just getting to know, um, the property management business, the rental business. Uh, and so we did that as, as a side hustle. And then I would get into going to undergrad and then go to graduate school and go through a whole career. But the theme along the whole way, Zach, is that there's going to be challenges and there's going to be pivotal points uh, in your in anyone's journey. You know, someone is thinking about doing this right now they're probably asking themselves, like, am I ready? And do, is this something that I want to do? How do I do it? There's so many questions and there's so many fears, right? Um, what I've learned, especially the last couple of years, is the faster that you can change those beliefs and the faster that you can break those fears, that is the point at which everything accelerates. And that in this industry that you can be super successful, uh, and create an incredible business and get to serve thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and bring people along with you on the ride, which is so fulfilling, whether it be investors, partners, employees. But you need to you need to be able to evolve as yourself hmm. um, and have that growth mindset. That yeah. comes number one to building this business. And I'll say that right off the bat because there's a lot of people probably as listening now that they're into the industry or just about to get into the industry. And this is, as you know, Zach, this is a tough industry, right? Hospitality. It is, it is one of the toughest industries. Hotels, boutique hotels that we do. I often talk about how it's like a bunch of businesses wrapped into one. Yeah. It's a real estate business. Yeah. It's a marketing business. It is an, an operational people heavy human resources business. You know, once you start to scale above a few units, right? And, um, and so 
It's a restaurant, like, right? I, like, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's like a restaurant. A restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Hard as, and, and let's be honest, most of them fail or yeah. they barely scrap by or they're breaking even. And let's be honest, if you're breaking even, you're really losing money. Yeah. So you're either moving forward or you're falling behind. And, and it's a difficult business. And I tell people that up front and I've gone through it and I've had to stumble through it because I didn't have mentors and I didn't have these podcasts and YouTubes and things when I started 18 years ago. Yeah. Um, I did, I did not have these resources and, um, and, and, and so I've just figured it out along the way. Um, but what I hope that maybe can come out of at least this, uh, time that we have together is that people can get a, a sense of what it takes to become a great leader to, to evolve personally as themselves and then build a really great business. Hmm. Because when you build a really great business, a great brand, um, it becomes fulfilling. Like yeah. I said at the outset that that's where, that's what I wanted, but man, it's a hard business and there's a lot to learn. And if you want to grow and you want to grow uh, a portfolio, you want to bring on employees, you want to bring everyone for the ride, man, there's nothing more fulfilling than doing that and being able to give back to your guests and to, to your partners. But at the same time, you just, you can't get there until you're able to do it um, to, you're able to get yourself to the point where you can, lead other people yeah. it's first it's me you know my my mentor or one of my mentors says you know first it's me leadership then it's we leadership and then it's us leadership hmm. and the me part is to me i think one of the most essential and, and um parts that you start with and um and that's what i've been on a journey over a course of years to to become better as an entrepreneur and as the leader and as a hotelier. Yeah. Um, but man, it's really exciting to get to the point uh, where we are now and, and, and what we're able to do, but for the folks listening and I hope from this chat again, to be able to take away the little nuggets of points of how do you get into this business? How do you find mentors? How do you break beliefs and grow? Hmm. Um, that's how that's how you accelerate into this business. So it's super yeah. exciting. I'm super excited to be here with you, Zach. Yeah, dude, I I, I couldn't agree more. And um, that was that's just like a super fun, fantastic way to just kind of like dive into the heart of of what we what I want to talk to you about, which is which is really around like this your story, right? And and how you got to 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 where you are, and then also. I'm hoping folks can walk away with some better insight into, hey, is this something I want to do uh, or, yeah. or, or not, right? Um, and I think that as we as we'll discuss, you know, travel and hospitality has changed so dramatically since you got into it in, in back in 2005 for sure, but but also in just the last few years, right? Like the we're, the, oh, yeah. the people who are the operators that are in the space, the entrepreneurs that are building companies in the space. And I mean, two years ago, I had no idea what a short term rental even was, right? Like yeah. myself, and so and so I, I think that this is just a, a really fun and exciting time to be building in a, an incredibly dynamic space. So, Tyann, you own and operate 20 vacation rentals under two different brands in Missouri. Yes. Yes, I do. And you're the queen of guest experience at Touch Day, which is the leading digital guest guidebook technology worldwide. Yes, I sure am. And you're trusted by thousands of other short-term rental hosts across the world who listen to your podcasts, follow you on social media, and attend your presentations at industry events. Is this correct? It is, and I am honored to be trusted in the industry, yes. So chances are, Tyann, that you you know a thing or two about the different property management software providers in this space. 
I do. And I love meeting the teams everywhere. Um, and I, I know a lot about them. And I'm also very curious and ask questions to learn more because the space is always changing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am so glad to hear that. And the reason I wanted to have this quick chat with you is because I know that you use Onores for your property management software. And I want to hear a little bit about why you chose Onores and, and why you love Onores over, you know, the many other options that are available on the market. So we know there's lots of options, but I had to narrow it down to what my top priorities are. So the first one is I've got to have the communications prowess. I am all about communications. I think that is a key factor to reviews and therefore to better revenue serve. And okay. Did you see that again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ask me the last question again. Yeah. So there are so many great options in the space, but I want to know why you chose and, and ultimately why you love Onores over over some of the others. Can you could you give us just a couple of reasons why? Yeah, so I look at all the softwares and they all have really great capabilities, but I needed to narrow it down to what I value the most and what software matched up to that. So the first one is the communications prowess. I am all about communications. It is highly important to me and it has a great effect upon my reviews and therefore my revenue. The second one is excellent customer service. And I have this little trick that I do when I'm searching for for software is that I'll send a customer service request in and see how fast they respond, how well they respond, and if I understand their response as well, because I've got to be able to understand when there's a problem. And then the third one is comprehensive capabilities. It has to be powerful to do what I need it to do. And I'm going to add a fourth one. I need constancy and dependability because I'm running some businesses here and I've got a lot of things going on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? No one has time for software that doesn't work in the way that you expect it to. Diane, who do you think Onores is the best fit for? Like what kind of host or, or property manager do you think align best with the core product offering at Onores? So a lot of folks immediately think how many properties they have, and then they start narrowing it down to what softwares they should look at. But instead, I want you to think a little bit differently. Look at what you value. So Onores is really excellent for host and property managers who value a software that does what it says it does. Mm. They don't overpromise under deliver. They underpromise and over deliver is what they really do. Um, Onores is also a product that listens to their users and is nimble to adjust on the key needs of its users. So we're throwing out all kinds of things we want and they're really good at focusing to the key needs and doing what their users are wanting. Um, and lastly, it is for users who want and need a powerful engine to run their hospitality business. I love it. And so you were using another PMS before Onores. Was Onores the first PMS you used? Uh, how, how hard was it to either move from your old PMS or, or get set up with Onores? So I'm one of those people who's been in this industry a long time. And the first decade was pen and paper and little pocket calendar books. <laughs> and after, after my very first double booking, uh, one and only, because that is something we all go through at some point or the other, uh, I started searching for some software. I used one. Um, I wasn't too thrilled with the because it was not communications friendly. It was hmm. not dependable. It didn't work. Uh, so I went searching again, and that's when I found Onores. That was five years ago. So I've been with them quite a while. And then at that time, it was a simple export import exercise with a spreadsheet. And the most difficult part was the actual the core setup of my account. Hmm. Um, definitely a learning curve to it. But that said, it's also a very logical setup that if you take it 
it's step by step, you can finish it. Just keep in mind that it's not this super flashy, simple thing because the system is so powerful. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think that that's a really honest review. And from everything I've seen of the actual product, it does seem incredibly logical. For, for our listeners, we've partnered with Onarez to give new customers a 30% discount on their first three months. So when you talk to the team there, just mention behind the stays. If you just go through the checkout process, you can use the discount code BTS30 to get 30% off. But again, you can also just talk to a team member there, say that you heard about them on behind the stays and they will honor this discount. Tyan, any final words of encouragement as to why listeners should go and, and give Onarez a, a closer look? Owner Res is a solid product. It's built by host and property managers themselves, and they understand our needs, working diligently to solve them with continuous updates to the software. I mean, I seriously could not run both my brands with 20 properties and growing with a very small human team, while also giving my time to the industry as a whole as Touchday's queen of guest experience and sharing my knowledge at conferences and events worldwide without Owner Res. Well, folks, don't take it from me. Take it from one of the industry's most influential voices and just go and give Onarez a closer look. Even if you're not in the market right now, you might be in the market later, just go check them out. And you know, if and when you are ready to sign up, be sure to mention behind the stays or use the discount code BTS30 at checkout to get 30% off of your first three months. Tayan, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for your time. All right, thanks, Zach. I, I wanna hear, uh, you shared a little bit about your story. I'm, we're gonna dive into more of that in, in just a second, but where does the story of Shorehouse Hotels begin in particular? So yeah. you obviously got your first taste of hospitality when you started the company, the management company with your dad back in 2005, but but where does the story of Shorehouse begin? Yeah, Shorehouse begins uh, 2017, 20, uh, 2018 is when the Shorehouse, my, uh, my current hotel brand started. Um, so it's about five years ago. And, um, and that came out of... Um, at the time, I was uh, an attorney. I was doing corporate finance, uh, and I was working at one of the one of the most prestigious law firms in the world, uh, Sidley Austin, um, famous for uh, having um, been where Barack and Michelle Obama met. And, that's right. That's right. Okay. When yeah. I was when I was googling you before, uh, <laughs> last night, I was like, why? Like, I, not that I'm well versed at all in in firms, but I was like, why do I know this like firm? And I couldn't remember why. Yeah. But I recently yeah. read uh, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and and yes. that's yeah she anyways, talks about her time go. with with yeah exactly. <laughs> she talks about her time in that book at uh as a lawyer and um and and i i think she felt uh, probably not too dissimilar to the way that i ended up feeling after uh, a few years which is that um while i worked with i so i worked on i worked in our um new york office i worked with wall street investment banks and and fdic banks um i was doing incredibly sophisticated cutting edge legal work um in the real estate finance and mostly real estate financing space um commercial and residential um however um you know i i spent a few years there and just didn't feel while i was pushing billions of dollars of paper across the desk which is cool <laughs> you know and you know sounds really cool it's just like it becomes it, you know, I just couldn't get the kind of fulfillment um, and didn't see the vision there. So for me in my life, um, but I mean, I'll even, I'll just back up a little bit to the reason that I got there, Yeah, which is because 
you know, I came, uh, I grew up in, you know, a very ordinary suburban, you know, blue collar family. My dad's in sales. My mom worked as a teacher. Um, no one had ever gone to graduate school. And, um, and I really didn't know, I didn't know what wealth was. I didn't really know wealthy, wealthy people, you know, growing up. Right. And so, um, the only, um, the only place I knew that wealth existed that I needed to go, uh, was wall street. And mm. so that's why I went to, to law school and to the Wharton School of Business and then went to work um, at Sidley Austin in New York. And um, and so that was like the peak moment where I thought I had made it. Right. And that is like the top one percent of the one percent. Yeah. And um, and I thought you checked all the boxes was, like you overcame. I thought that you was came, it. You right? overcame all the odds. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I worked off. I worked for years, worked my butt off to get to that point. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that I got to that point and I realized that, um, that was getting to that point is what other people told me. Right. And this is why I talk about, this is the point where you have to start breaking beliefs because what other people told me was, is that that's the path to wealth. You have to be a lawyer or a doctor. You have to go work on wall street and that's how you, you know, create a wealth, wealth and a happy life. Yeah. Um, but I realized after a few years, I looked at the people around me, I looked at my mentors and the people above me, which I was on track to be one of them if I wanted to be. Uh, and I realized that I've been lied to this whole time. Mm. I've been lied to. Yeah. Because as an attorney, you are, um, for the most part, there's exceptions to this, but for the most part, you're a salaried, uh, you know, a salaried employee or your time is your money. Yep. Your time is your life. The amount of minutes that you can bill in a day is um, is how you run your life. And um, I found that environment to be very toxic and um, looked at the people again above me who were incredible, smart people. But many of them, their lives were not something that I aspired to, yeah. you know, whether it be drugs, divorces, you know, all the things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so but at the same time, I was working with my clients who were on the business end, uh, you know, running these, you know, firms, hedge funds, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I'd be in the office on a Saturday, uh, talking to some guy that was sitting by his pool in the Hamptons in the summer. And I was like, man, I'm on the wrong side of this equation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, simultaneous to that, while I was having this epiphany, um, for the first time I had money and I started traveling for the first time in my life. I did a ton of solo travel hmm. and I started staying at boutique hotels all over the United States and including in New York city. Um, and I had stayed at dozens and dozens and dozens of, uh, boutique hotels while I was, uh, an attorney. And, uh, and I really found a passion for, I, there's something really special about when you walk into a boutique hotel and you just you don't know where you're going to get. But there's going to be the the sense and the smell, the the sights and the and the design and everything is different. Yeah. And the staff and how they interact with you and like that vision and that experience. I I thought that was so cool how you could just like transport yourself, um, going into a boutique hotel. And so, um, so now I'm at the point where I know I want to leave and I know that um I know that hotels and hospitality and some of these things are really interesting to me. Um, I had the opportunity to acquire a, um, it was a rundown 
worst in the not only on the block but in the city <laughs> motel wow okay um, and sorry where where are we like where where is this so this is after this is after i'm an attorney for you know two and a half years sorry but where um, sorry where's the motel oh now? sorry yeah this is in new jersey new jersey the jersey okay. shore uh north wildwood new jersey jersey shore um and so this this opportunity was brought to me from a from a from a friend um and i thought okay this is really interesting it's this little motel it's you know it's total garbage honestly and um you know it took me and i knew i was like you know i need a creative way to just like i want to do something different yeah um it took me um this is why i stress to folks i talk to like patience it took me over a year to um to acquire that first motel and leave my job yeah uh when I left my job, I did not have the deal signed. It could have fallen through and I would have had nothing. Um, so that's when I say you also, there's also becomes a point where the pain in something becomes so intolerable that you can't there, you can no longer bear doing it and it forces you into action. Hmm. And so I finally was forced into action, um, uh, leaving my job and then starting this company. At this point, I had no idea this would become a hotel company. I just knew that there was a crappy motel that I could acquire. Yeah. And, um, you know, at, over a year of working on on acquiring this motel, which there was all kinds of crazy stuff, um, you know, there was a, an incumbent manager who thought he had rights to, you know, through a management agreement that didn't exist. And then he got an attorney and then I had to negotiate buying him out of the property so that there would be no lawsuits. And I mean, endless stuff <laughs> that I had to deal with. <laughs> Um, but I got this, I got this motel and, um, and we're in, this is 2017. Um, and I now have this, I now have this motel. I have $50,000 to my name and like, what am I going to do? Well, the first thing that I did is one of my lessons that I stress with when you start a, a venture like this hospitality or whatever, I really believe in the lean startup Yeah, and yeah. I really believe in um, getting a kind of a proof of concept or, or doing something where you can kind of test the market and de-risk this for yourself. Right. And so before I even like really had a deal signed, I had already like taken staged a room with shit that I had, uh, found from home goods. Yeah. And, um, and I took pictures and I put it on Airbnb because Airbnb was like this new platform, uh, believe it or not at the time. And hardly anyone else was on this platform. And so I put pictures on Airbnb and put a rental. Um, when I tell you this thing started booking like within a day. Huh. Um, and I had done no work to the building, um, but I was just <laughs> testing. Is yeah. there a market here? Right. Yeah. Is there a market here? And it was booking like fast as soon as I put it up there. And I was like, okay, I'm onto something. Yeah. At that point, then I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to have cash flow from putting this onto Airbnb. Um, I'm going to have cash flow within the next 30 days from Airbnb stays starting to come. Now I can kind of self-finance uh, fixing up this building so I can get going. And yeah. so that's what I did. And so I used a credit card and I used cash flow from Airbnb. And within 30 days, we were cash flowing on this property and I was filling up the, you know, the days and, and we filled it pretty well. And so that first year we did, uh, we did more than two times the uh that building's highest grossing year we did 2x that in our first five months six wow. months so wait so uh, I, I just just to clarify here so you, yeah. you you 
this is while you're doing renovations or you hadn't done any reservation renovations. I did just, the minimum amount of renovations. I, I, you know, so new paint, like, you know, maybe, maybe a couple we did new paint. We did, uh, I put in, I cleaned up the furniture. I cleaned yeah. up the linen. Yeah. Um, I just did what I could with it. It wasn't a great property, yeah. but you know, it, it was functioning. So I cleaned it up as much as I could because again, I just, I wanted to see like, can I just get cash flow? What am yeah. I going to do with this property? I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then finally, you know, I, uh, a year later, I'm like, okay, there's something here. I've, I've proven this. So then I, I went out and I raised a small amount of money, um, from, from a couple of friends and family members, um, so that I could go back and I could renovate this whole property. Uh, and so that's what I did. And so we renovated the whole thing, uh, made it much, much nicer, uh, than what it was. Did it, you know, did the renovation super efficiently yeah. as, uh, as you usually have to do in these things when you're starting out. And, uh, and we, you know, figure where can we spend the money to get the most bang for our buck, the things that our guests are seeing, the things that they're feeling and touching, um, has always been a big thing for me from the, from the very get go. And, um, and so that's what we did. And so a, a year in, then we, we started going back, we did the branding. We're like, okay, let's call this the shore house. Let's, you know, let's figure out the branding, the tone, how are we going to treat this? Um, and that was my first motel building. Wow. Um, oh, and by the way, you know, uh, financing is a big thing right now. The way that I was able to get into this deal, uh, again, I maybe 50 grand to my name. It, the way I was able to purchase this building is I, I, I mentioned I had to go through this whole process of buying out the manager and like doing all this. And then the owner, um, he was willing to give me owner financing. So I wow. was, uh, I was able to owner finance this to, to just get my foot into door and to get a start. And that's, yeah. all, that's sometimes that's all you need, right? You just yeah. need an opportunity where you can just get in, uh, and just scrap your way in. Uh, uh, and to get a foot in the door and then figure it out from there. And that's, so that's what I did because I, I didn't have, you know, family or anyone that was going to give me the, the, all the money to, yeah. to acquire this building. Um, and so that's how I got into my very first property. Wow. Uh, and I, then, I, sorry, real fast. I, I, I always say, uh, I like to tell folks like the attorneys turned entrepreneur is like a, a very dangerous brand of entrepreneur because <sighs> yeah. like, if you, if you've done the work of, you know, getting into law school, going to law school, taking the bar, right? Like work, working in your case at, at one of the most prestigious firms in the country. Like you're not afraid of hard work, right? And so, and and when when you become an entrepreneur, right? Like you, right. you, you can't be afraid of hard work. So if you if you That's have right. like mastered already, like the ability to just like grind and, and grinding is just kind of like the norm, then Absolutely. getting into really any any venture but i think especially hospitality uh not that it's easier right but like the adjustment if you're working kind of a standard nine to five and then you kind of decide to start your own business or whatever it might be like th that adjustment can be can be quite whiplash can be you know feel like whiplash for some folks right but for but for you guys uh it, it, it it's like second nature right uh it, it's just it's just something that oh, like yeah. comes naturally because you've worked so hard in in another context um i i, ha I have a couple of friends who have who are attorneys who have now entered the hospitality space and i feel like you guys are all cut from the the same cloth of like not afraid to freaking grind uh and and not yeah. afraid not afraid of like you know the bureaucracy and like the the time that might exist in order to get to where you want to be yeah, I mean, and, and look, but this, you know, I will say, look, this cuts, this cuts both ways. So, uh, well, first of all, um, 
I had dedicated this. I consider this a, a major season of my life. And yeah. I believe that, you know, we all go through like, you know, five, six year seasons uh, generally, if you have, if you're trying to grow and grow and grow. Um, and this season of my life was, uh, gosh, it was six, a solid six years that was fully committed yeah. to law. Yeah. Um, and the first decision, am I going to give up this whole career like that's one of the hardest decisions. Yeah. Uh, it's we call it the golden handcuffs. And, you know, <laughs> I've had a lot of friends that have gone through this because there becomes a moment where you have to look inside and no one can give you the answer except yourself and say, am I willing to just give up the six year season to try something completely different? Yeah. Um, and hope that, you know, the skills are going to translate and that uh this is the better path to take and um and so obviously that's what i did but then when you make that transition um it cuts both ways like you said being an attorney is great preparation because i was taught how to work hard yeah. really hard long hours put in the effort required to get to where i wanted to go and and be ruthless about it but but also there was a bunch of character traits that had to be broken uh, for me over the last couple of years uh, to be able to grow this business. Because as an attorney, you get trained in um, how to mitigate risk, hmm. how to be a perfectionist. Hmm. You know, when I'm working on a contract for a client, you know, my goal, well, I shouldn't say this is my goal, but the reality is, is that you're going to bill as many hours possible, making sure that that con that 600 page contract is ironclad and that you've dotted every I and crossed every T. Yep. 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 That is terrible. Uh, it is a terrible way to be as an entrepreneur. <laughs> well, yeah. it's great to be detail oriented and it's great to be able to see things and see around corners and to be able to read the documents and do all the things. If, 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 that is your mindset of perfection, then you are constantly in a state of, 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 of just grinding, working in fear. And then you never actually take action because at some point you got to be like, okay, I think the potential benefit is better than any risk that I'm taking. And I'm going to go for whatever it is that we're doing, just any decision that you're making yeah. day to day. Yeah. And so what I find is, is that entrepreneur uh, lawyers can be, can be wonderful entrepreneurs. Um, but there are certain skills that need to be unlearned and certain skills that um that are are great uh, yeah, that yeah. carry over into entrepreneurship <laughs> yeah. oh gosh yeah so, so well said man hey guys it's zach if you're enjoying this episode could you do me two very quick favors First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. So okay, so you you buy this hotel, 
you do some renovations at first. You get some bookings, which is is sort of the the testing ground to make sure, hey, there's there's a you know there's a concept here, right? There, this this could be something. You raise a little bit of money. You do m- more renovations. Uh, I want to hear a little bit about the actual brand building component, right? Because because it's yep. one thing it's one thing that you could just spin up a kind of a hotel. It, you, you're in a you know prop, popular tourist destination already. Like the Jersey Shores is where people a lot of people want to be, right? Like you could have just let sort of you know the market play out in terms of bringing you guests, right? And you could have been a, a maybe not any sort of like anything special per se, but when people are looking for a particular location with a particular, you know, range, you could you could have lived off the OTAs, so to speak, right? And you right. you wouldn't have had to build a true brand for, for any of that to happen, right? So I, I want to hear a little bit about your decision to to build a brand and a, a really fun brand. Like your website is incredible. Your guys is like, uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, your, your copy and the way that you position the stay is, is great. Your Instagram is wonderful. So talk to us a little bit about how you thought about branding, because I assume coming from, you know, the place that you came from, it's not like you went to school for interior design or, or, or even marketing per se. Right. So, so how, how was that experience and what, what were some lessons that you learned in building the Shorehouse brand? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Right. So at the time, you know, rewinding, uh, when I started this, when I started the Shorehouse brand five years ago, uh, believe it or not, at the time, the whole like uh, hip boutique motel thing was like was not mainstream yet. Hmm. And I would say that kind of emerged in the last three to four years. So I was just ahead of that trend. So maybe part of it is luck. Um, however, I was very mindful and I was I did a lot of research and, um, you know, one of the people that I look up to in the in the boutique motel industry that had been doing this for years and was well ahead of her time was Liz Lambert in um in Texas, in Austin, Texas, and she uh, created some really cool uh, boutique motels there. Hmm. Um, like I said, I've been in this business, uh, at least in the vacation rental side, since 2005. And what I noticed five years ago is that there's all of these um, independent uh, motel properties, and um, they're all, for the vast majority of them, are all dated. Um, they don't utilize, they weren't utilizing technology. They certainly were not on platforms like Airbnb. They didn't have great websites. They're very clunky. They still had keys. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy for me to think about that. That was the, the lay of the land five years ago, but it was. And still, and and still in many places is. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Still many more. It's, it's, uh, people, you know, it's starting to the, the, since we're kind of in the peak of this cycle, um, it's definitely evolved in the last three years, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. There's, there's still, there's still a lot of operations like that out there. And, um, so I knew that I wanted to be a destination where I wanted to be like an Airbnb where you can come in, you know, you have kitchens, grills, couches, um, you know, uh, your linens taken care of your soaps taken care of. So it was like, you know, this, I, I know the big buzz in like our industry and STR world is like, you know, best of both worlds, like yeah. best of boutique hotel, best of, best of home share. And, um, and so we had home shares in our market where, um, you could rent it through a realtor, a whole, it's a very cumbersome process. And then you get there, there's no linen, there's no soaps, there's no supplies. Like you have to bring everything in your car you have to bring your beach gear to go to the beach. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's like a lot of work. Yeah. So you could do that on the home share side. And then on the hotel side, you had hotels that like 
you know, would do the traditional hotel services, the housekeeping, the linen, stuff like that. Um, but on the downside, it, like they didn't have home share type amenities. Um, the hospitality, in my opinion, just was not great. They didn't utilize technology, et cetera. Uh, and so from the very outset, I was like, okay, I want to like, I want to create an experience where people can come in and they can get off a plane. They can get, they can get out of a three hour car ride, seven hour car ride, whatever they're doing, they can just get here. And as long as they have a suitcase of clothes, they are good to go. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you know, five years ago, that was like a big, that was a big thing. And so people could show up, we had a kitchen, you know, a fridge, uh, a stove for them cooking utensils, um, and uh but then we had you know nice linens nice soaps you know things in the in the uh in the rooms and so they truly were getting the best of both worlds and um and these markets like the ocean you know the ocean side tertiary markets are just slow to adopt and yeah. slow to adopt over the years obviously you've heard about the extended stay brands in um or i shouldn't say obviously but you know the urban markets where you had like the saunders and the and the um you know rip to like the stay alfreds and and those guys um they're doing like the service accommodations in in urban uh places but yeah. but it, it you just didn't find it um at the jersey shore and so that's that was kind of where we started with that concept now um going into the branding and everything um having looked at what everyone was doing and how technology was emerging and how we could um really create something fresh i was like i want to be the best at implementing uh, new technology to run our operations efficiently, but also I want to create uh, a blue ocean for what we do hmm. and a blue ocean being uh, creating a brand that has so much power that you create your own market for your own accommodation. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us independent boutique hoteliers, that is like the creme de la creme that you're looking for, right? Where you've created something that price is not the number one consideration Yep. because if if you're competing on price you're in a race to the bottom you're competing with just all the other properties around you and um from day one i did not want to just compete on price i wanted to be premium in the market and basically be able to command our own rates because we're doing something so different from everyone else um and so that's when we started developing the shorehouse brand it was like you know how can we create something that is um feels like you're almost getting a level of service like a, a four seasons but it's also way more casual and feels uh like you're our best friends yeah um and and so you know we have a bunch of we went through branding exercises internally we went through how do we talk to our guests what's our tone of voice what are what are what's our mission what's our values um how do we service our guests day to day what's um how do we use technology to enhance the stay and the brand um but not just replace the human people element of what we do. And that's been a big piece for us. And so, um, so that's kind of the just overall conceptual framework that we use and how to build a brand. Um, and then just, you know, design inspiration and things like that. Uh, we're very intentional of um, being authentic to the location and the history of the building. And so we just looked at what's the history of the community that we're in. Uh, the Wildwoods in particular is one of like the biggest kind of mid-century motel uh, destinations in, in the country. And then obviously Palm Springs is very similar with kind of the, the mid-century motels, right? And so I wanted to bring mid-century back, but do it in like a very tasteful way and yeah. also um, do it so it's not just full on mid-century, but we combine that with 
we combine that with the feeling of nature and being at the shore. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, so for us, the, the room design and the, and how we set everything up uh, was really an intentionality around bringing a fresh mid-century touch, but also combining that with natural elements. Um, so that feels, you know, more like you're at, uh, at one with, with the beach that is a block away. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm on your website right now and I was trying to re refresh my memory on a couple of the amenities that I had seen and which I thought were really cool. And again, looking through these photos, uh, again, you've done such a really good job, I think of, of marrying those two things, right? Like what, it, what is a, what is sort of like a quintessential, uh, a beach stay like, uh, that, like I would say like a quintessential, like elevated beach stay, like married with sort of, uh, a, a, a mid-century feel. And you guys have these like really like cool pink umbrellas, right? With uh, yeah. these white stripes that 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 aren't tacky because sometimes pink can be tacky. But like this is like, it 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 feels like you're almost in a movie, right? Like like it, yeah. it feels like you could yeah. be in like a, a a movie from the 50s or 60s or something like that, right? Like with the same sort of like class. Um, and and then of of course you like look through like your your kitchen your guys' kitchens and you've got all like the modern amenities that you'd want in, in a kitchen. Your appliances are like appropriately like fun colored and um, you've got the cool like ocean terrace uh, and whatnot. So you, you guys, you guys nailed, nailed, nailed the branding. Um, and uh, yeah, like you, in your position, you, you talk about being like a modern retro nature inspired space, which is, which again, like when you think about what that actually means and you think about what you see here, it, 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 you know, it lives up to its positioning. So I, yeah, I, yeah, know, it's, um, did you guys, you know, we, and did you just do this yourself? Did you work with an agency? Like how, how did you, how did you do all this? Um, uh, you know, uh, again, going back to kind of my core, um, kind of my core, uh, operating philosophy at the beginning is, is keep it very, uh, keep it very light entrepreneurial and, um, and do everything as quickly and cheaply as possible uh, within reason. And yeah. so, um, so I had hired, um, I've hired different, different contractors along the way. And, uh, uh, uh really it, it's not going to, I'd never have gone to like a traditional hotel agency or design yeah. agency or something like that. Um, the way that I like to do it is I find really interesting people on places like Instagram yeah. and I reach out to them and I say, I would love to work. I have something I would love to, for you to work on with me. So like my original branding, um, cause we've gone, we've gone through, you know, we elevated our branding a couple of years ago. So the original branding that we put together, which launched everything, um, I worked with a, uh, a woman that I found in Australia wow. and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, she kind of totally got it. She was very much in like the design influence. She worked with a lot of influencers at the time. And, um, and so I worked with her to come up with, um, the story of the brand, the tone of voice for the brand, um, you know, our initial color palettes and things like that. Um, so that's like one example. And, and I've worked with a bunch of different individuals along the way to, uh, to create, you know, what it looks like now. And it's, it's slowly evolved and, and, and it's definitely elevated, uh, over the course of the last five years. Yeah. I mean, when I started, the um, that five years ago, my first building that we acquired, the, the ADR was $80 a night when wow. I acquired it. Wow. It's now $450 a night. Wow. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we went from, uh, we went from, you know, just, you know, a kind of lower, kind of lower end thing to, um, it's become, it's become one of the nicest properties, 
uh, in the market. And, and we're, you know, in, in a sense, we're, we're competing with some large luxury five-star resorts. And so, um, you know, so we, so we've elevated along the way, but, uh, we're very intentional about the things that we do and, um, the things that you see and touch. I mean, we really think, uh, you know, when I sit down for our initial meeting at the beginning of the season with, uh, with all of our staff for the season, for the peak season, yeah. um, you know, I, I go through with them to understand here's why we do things. Here's why things look the way that they look. And I go through the, the, um, the way that we talk to people, the way that, um, the property is scented, the way that the property looks, uh, the way the property sounds. I mean, we have, um, you know, we try to, I talk to the team, we use all those tools to tr create a state of transformation within the first 60 seconds that someone shows up at our property. That mm. is our goal. Mm. Uh, when people show up to our property, they've, you know, they've had to drive all the way out from either the airport or wherever they're coming from uh, a few, several hours away. Yeah. Um, and so usually they have kids in the car or there's another in the car or a dog in the car and people come and they're like, they need, they're just like ready to like relax and yeah. they're like maybe a little stressed out <laughs> yeah. and stuff like, that's just knowing our customer, like knowing the avatar of what, you know, people aren't coming a half hour away. People aren't coming, um, you know, people aren't coming fresh. They're yeah. coming like kind of tired from travel when they yeah. come to us because we're out all the way out of the coast. Yeah. And and so knowing that we uh, like my biggest thing is that when people show up within the first 60 seconds, we need to have transported them into a completely different state. Um, and it's, it's like, and that is the art of hotelier. Hmm. Like hmm. that is the art of how you transform, uh, transform someone's state from the beginning. And there's so many things that we do that are intentional around that. I mean, when you drive into our property, when you drive up, it is pristine. There's never a piece of trash and there is, there is live gorgeous plants as soon as you drive up. So yeah. immediately you're like, oh, okay, this is like nice. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that arrival experience when you're driving into our property, when you get out of your car, you instantly smell our property. Mm. The, we have, we have diffusers around the property, uh, with our scent that, um, when you walk onto our property, it immediately smells like our property. And it is like, uh, one of the most commented things that we get. Wow. Um, and so now, it, now it looks nice. It smells nice. Then we have, uh, a, a professional sound system around the property. So now, now we, there's, you know, nice, you know, um, whatever, depending on the time of day, there's different programming of music. So in the, if you're driving in, in the morning, it's probably like more of like a spa music and, um, and it's just like, you walk in and it's like, wow, this is relaxing. Yeah. And then finally we avoid being transactional when people show up in that first 60 seconds, I have zero, uh, zero desire for someone to walk onto the property and then be asked, are you here to check in? Can I have your credit card and your ID? Like yeah, yeah. that, uh, and then people be like, what am I doing? Where am I? Like, where do I go? Blah, blah, blah. That is all taken care of in advance. So you see on our website, like we, we assign like an onsite concierge. So we do everything through text message and our team reaches out to every guest before they ever arrive at our property, which not many hotels do. Yeah. Right. And this is, this is what I tell people when you're getting into the boutique space, like, when you're you're you have to use your size to your advantage because you're not going to compete with like a 100 200 300 room five star resort yeah, yeah but when you're you know 5 10 20 40 rooms um or cabins or whatever you are right um you can't compete with the big stuff you don't have the budgets the big stuff but like but you can you can utilize your size to uh, and scale to your strengths 
And so, you know, we have the ability or we're doing dealing with a couple thousand uh, reservations or guests per year. And we reach out to every single one of them uh, weeks before they stay with us. And we set and we go through all the transactional stuff before they even like leave to come to our property. So like, you know, they're, they already know what their bill is. They know where they're going. Um, if they need anything, special request, whatever, it's been taken care of. So when they show up, we are truly there to serve them Yeah, and to change, um, again, change that state and put them in a state of fun and relaxation um, that they came to us for. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's like, that's the first 60 seconds of driving onto our property and, and why we're very intentional about the experience and how that uh, coincides with the brand. And I just, I just want to like take a moment to commend you for sharing all of that because uh, you know, for, for our listeners, many of whom have short-term rentals and, and, you know, a few might have boutique hotels, but uh, a growing interest in them. The, the same sort of like 60 second rule should apply regardless of like what property you have. Right. So this, this idea of like, Hey, when's the last time you drove, you took your car, you drove around your corner to where your home is. Right. Maybe, maybe it's in a residential like neighborhood. Maybe it's in a cabin, whatever. Like think about the 60 second approach, right? Time, time yourself. Right. What are the things that you see when you park the car, you get out of the car. What's the first thing that you smell? Right. Like all, all those right. things, like it'd be fun for folks to just conduct a little audit, right. Of what is that first 60 seconds look and feel like, because of regardless of what kind of property that you're, you're dealing with, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, w- when you show up, those first 60 seconds are incredibly indicative of what your experience ends up being like. Right. And, and if it, if it's incredibly positive and overwhelmingly positive, your, your vacation or, or your, your travel is, is off to a great start. If it's, if it's the opposite, we're going to have problems later, right? That's and- that you you are you are spot on, uh, Zach. Like the crazy thing is, is that if someone really feels like you taking you're taking an interest in them and yeah. you truly care about them, yeah, you like you truly care about them. It's not some bot responding to them. Like you are talking to them as a human, um, and they feel that before you even get to the property. And then when they arrive, like they show, you know the first impression of the property is, wow, this is as good or better than I expected. Exactly. Yeah. When you do that, the reality in hospitality is that um, there's always going to be like, quote unquote, issues. Like there's going to be service breakdowns and yep. failures. Yep. And the best hospitality brands are the ones that use those breakdowns and failures to wow their guests. Yeah. Um, And to... Um, to be so proactive so that when those things happen, um, instead of detracting from a stay, uh, they uh, actually enhance it. Hmm. Um, and it's really hard to do. Um, and it takes time to develop that culture within the staff and the systems and the procedures and things that you need to do. But that's where you want to get to. And to your point, like when they're starting out with already feeling like they're being taken care of before they've gotten there and they get there and their ex- expectations already exceeded when something goes wrong, which it almost something something is off or or someone or someone needs something while when they're staying Um you know, it's, it's like, it's no longer like a burden or bothersome to the guest. Um, you know, they, as long as you're taking care of it right away and yeah. are, are serving them in the way that, that they need to be served, um, you'll find as a, as a host or as a hotelier that, 
um, you'll have way less like friction yeah. with your with your guests, and um, and you have a a chance in those moments um, to actually heighten their experience instead of detract from it. Yeah, yeah, uh, so well said, man. And uh, I'm super just impressed by what you've done, what you've built. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I want to I want to understand just kind of like quickly here as as we wrap like what what's next? So you've got you've got, you know, <laughs> this this first hotel kind of uh up and running. You went from, you know, uh, an $80 ADR to to 450 ADR, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, and, and it's not without an incredible amount of work, but like what's what's next for your brand? Like as you think about the future of Shorehouse and, and Shorehouse Hotels, yeah. will Shorehouse be a parent company? Will you have a different brand for for your next project? Like tell us a little bit about the future. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we, that first property we, uh, acquired five years ago. Um, and, uh, and it obviously, uh, it, it just, uh, is just crushing now. Um, and, uh, we acquired our second property, uh, two years ago, uh, just down the block. And, uh, and that property is, is, is crushing it as well. Um, and it's just been incredible. We, we've, We've developed a system and and frameworks within our business where we just we have a formula that is that we feel is very well dialed in, right? So it's like I I told you when we that first property that I did we figured out a way to do it super super efficiently super lean yeah uh, within five months we had doubled uh, w- without even doing full reservation within five months we had we doubled the the gross uh, gross income of that building uh, and then the second building um, we. Uh, we did that build the second building that we did two years ago, the gross receipts that that building did in one year, we did in one week. Wow. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that was from doing um, some really innovative viral stuff with uh, TikTok and social media when we opened that property two years ago. Wow. And um, so we, we have a formula that, that we really like and that really works. Um, and, and let me give you like the secret sauce here. It's it's no uh, because I think a lot of people getting into this space or just just into this space, um, they want to know what's like what are the, what are the uh, sequences you know what's the technology you know what's your PMS yeah um, yeah these are really important these are really important things but these are not the most important things the most important things when um, you're scaling owning multiple hotels uh, and scaling a portfolio like we are now uh, is it has to be people first period mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and I think that's that I think hospitality maybe got, has gotten away from that the last couple of years. 
Uh, I think the people that excel in the industry, the the properties that excel in the industry over the next uh, the next decade, are going to be the ones that do people really well. Uh, you know, their employees, their guests, they serve really, really well. And it starts with the leadership at the top. Like I was talking about at the very beginning, it goes all the way through the organization down to your housekeepers and front desk staff. Um, and so we have dedicated um, a lot of time to learning. Uh, I've, I've hired, you know, I have numerous mentors that I, um, that I spend a lot of time with uh, over the past year to learn how to build an organization where people come first and when people come first, then they serve your guests better. Yeah. And um, when your guests are served better, your guests have a better experience and your guests are willing to pay more yep. uh, and your guests come back again and again, and they tell everyone else. And now you're getting a virality to your property from word of mouth, which is the goal. And, um, and it all starts with the people. And then once you do that, that is the ticket uh, to everything else. And so we're at a point right now where where we have uh we we have systems and infrastructure uh that we're really proud about and we have um a a, a wonderful wonderful team of people that make this happen that um I just I can't sing their praises enough they make my job easy um and um and they just continue to to deliver again and again wow. and so right now um we uh we see um we see opportunities to continue in acquisitions that um, we're working on. Uh, we're, we're, we want to, uh, this is one of the things I was telling um, one of my um, consulting clients last week is, is scale really does matter in this business. Hmm. And, um, you know, so we are looking at large projects. We're, you know, um, looking at, we're underwriting some things right now, some kind of off-market opportunities that are like multiple, you know, multiple hotels, um, we really won't even look at anything if it's not like at least like 75 keys or so. Um, and so we're working on um, some stuff uh, for our portfolio right now. Um, in addition to that, um, I think we, um, we've we become uh, world-class, we believe, and um, in how we just run a boutique operation, an independent operation where we create a blue ocean strategy around our brand and experience and uh and then just let it rip and bring on great people to come along for the ride and so as i mentioned i have um i started bringing on uh i've just had lots of people that have reached out to me over the last year uh and i you know i hate that i can't help everyone um but what we've become more intentional about now is uh we are working with uh other independent hoteliers that are either looking to acquire a property or just acquiring a property now and we are going and um, and working with them to build out their systems and to basically take the years of failures and stubbing my toes and the pains that I have gone through to get to where we are now. And, you know, I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if like I could just like give this to you in like 90 days, you could know like everything that we know, know all of our systems, how we manage our people, how we hire, recruit onboard, retain our people. Um, like if you can know all of that, how we do direct bookings, like, yeah. you know, like you, uh, we said earlier in the conversation, a big piece of this business is, is how, if you create a blue ocean, how you get direct bookings. I think we're, we're somewhere between 85 and 90% direct bookings through our website. Wow. Um, and so, you know, how do you create that? How do you market online? Um, there's so much to this business. Um, and, 
I wish that someone had a resource for me, you know, five years ago on how to do this. Yeah. I kind of just had to like build it from ground up and learn along the way. Um, but what I'm trying to do right now is just give back to folks um, that have reached out to me and uh, and we're working with them to help them create incredible, incredible experiences. We want to reach as many people as possible through our portfolio, through, uh, you know, our partners' portfolios. Uh, we want to reach as many people and create the transform transformational experiences that we're talking about. So. Yeah. That's uh that's where we are now, um and uh, and we're looking forward to to growing in the future here and just and reaching as many people as possible. It's really special, Zach. Like when that is again coming back to where we started. The reason we got into hospitality is to uh, create meaningful experiences and fulfillment in not only my life as the leader, but also my employees and our guests and yeah. our communities and. Uh, hospitality and hotels, independent hotels have a unique position to be able to do that. And so we want to help as many people as possible do that, do it ourselves uh, and create a wonderful community. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kevin. And I'm, I'm so thankful there are people like you that are innovating and pushing the envelope and like working really, really, really hard to bring some of these ideas and concepts uh, to life. I was just telling my wife, actually, the other night we were talking about sort of how different, different spaces sort of affect kind of the kind of conversation that we have, right? So like if we're sitting in a beautifully designed place that's got cool lights, there's, you know, beautiful candles, there's like, we, we each have like a great cocktail. That's all it takes. And all of a sudden we have like yeah. an incredibly fruitful, like amazing conversation versus when we're in, yeah. you know, our uh, a living room with our seven month old, like running around, you know, trying to crawl and like the lights are all bright and like there's shit everywhere. Like the, the kind of conversation, we could have the same conversation from, from a topical standpoint and the feeling could be entirely different. So why I love hospitality and, you know, people like you who are working to create these really meaningful, memorable experiences and spaces is not not to be all like, you know, uh, kumbaya here, but like the reality is it it does change. It, 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 it can better relationships. It can increase sort of trust and transparency between friends. It, it has an incredible power when you are in a well-designed space, when you are indulging in, ex in an experience, right, that is super beautiful and where, where you're being essentially like doted on by incredible people like you, you and, and your team. That absolutely changes how you see the world. It changes how you see life. It changes how you see other people. And to 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 a point you made a few minutes ago, which I think is super valid, is like this is this is a people business, right? Like you can't be in this space if you're if you're not all about people. And so I'm just thankful for you, dude. I'm thankful for your time. If folks want to book a stay at Shorehouse, I'll have links to your website in the in the comments below. Also, if you don't mind, man, I'll just I'll link your socials, your Instagram in the yep. show notes below. And if folks Perfect. have questions or they want to get in touch or they want to learn more about your consulting services because they are interested in doing something like this, uh, you'll you can reach Kevin uh, at any of the links that I'll share in the show notes below. But dude, hey, thanks so much for your time, man. It's been a it's been a real pleasure. No, thanks so much, Zach. It's been wonderful. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, 
I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.